Welcome to the Switch RPG Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Gio, and I'm joined, as always, by Johnny. What's going on, Johnny? Hey, hey, hey. Everything's going good. Everything's going good. Uh, oh, man, it's been a while. Feels like it's been forever. Yeah, it's been a bit. All right. So, um, if this is your first time listening, this is the show from Switch RPG, where we bring you the latest in the world of RPGs on the Nintendo Switch. This week, we're doing a little bit of catching up. Um, I, I think we were only delayed like a couple of days, but whatever. Um, and much, much more. But first, what have you been playing? So, um, I've been playing mostly just one game. Uh, I did play a little bit of, uh, of a game called Gestalt. Oh, yeah. Steam and Sender. Yep. So I played the demo for that on PC. It's, uh, interesting. Uh, it's kind of a Metroidvania, right? It's definitely a Metroidvania, but the combat is a little bit more slow and nuanced. Okay. But yep. it, there was nothing about it that stood out as being great. It has absolutely has a potential to be great. I want the game to be great because I like where it was going. It just needs to refine. A whole lot, like combat, movement, and and just control wise, there's there's a bit of refinement needing needed there because it didn't play as well as I would, as I hoped. So, mm-hmm. but the demo was very limited. Like the demo was, you do the first quest of the game, and that's it. Right. You yep. explore the town, you do a quest, and then boom, the demo ends. Very very short demo. Yeah, I, I played that game at, at PAX. I uh, didn't actually, I didn't interview with the developer. Um, and it's a solo developer. It's just one one person. And um, yeah, it, it, I, I like the whole aesthetic, the kind of like the steam steampunk kind of thing. Western, uh, yeah. Yeah, steampunk Western. So yeah, cool. Yeah. So played that, and but the game I've been playing a lot. Uh, and I finished... Which is Thirteen Sentinels, Aegis Rim. You finished it? I finished it, yep. Look look at you. Not only did I finish it, I platinumed the game. You did? So it was like super easy then? Uh, It is very easy to (laughs) platinum. Getting a platinum in that game is basically you just beat the game. Okay. And you'll get the platinum. You might not get the platinum, but it's so easy to get the platinum in that game. And let's see, uh, it took me... 50 a little over 50 hours so oh. somewhere in between 50 to 60 hours to go through the game and i 100 percented the three uh different modes to the game uh so that could give you some context but you kind of have to 100 percent at at the very least two of the modes of the game uh in order to beat the game anyway Okay. And 100%ing the last mode of the game is trivial. You just, you just, if you have any points, the I think it's like memory points or memory chips or something like that, you're gonna have a bunch of them. You just dump them into, you buy stuff with it, and then you also. So yeah, it's it's so easy to platinum. 
the game is mostly story. It is okay. mostly a story-based game. You're kind of playing an anime, a right. very, uh, very long, I would say it's probably about two seasons worth of content in there. It is complex. It's a very complex story because they chop it up across 13 main protagonist characters. There are 13 main characters. Each one has uh, their storyline is given to you sometimes uh, non in non-chronological order. Okay. And you can experience all 13 of those characters, their, their storylines, in any almost in any order that you want. And the order of any other character storylines is also either non-chronological uh, or or in order, and it will have there will be major gaps in story beats as well that can also occur. So it's very chopped up. Not only that, but the game the game story takes place over multiple uh, forty year increments. Wow. So there's essentially five eras, five major timelines that the game takes place over, and you there's time travel amongst all of those. So to when to figure out what the sto- what's happening in the story can be very confusing at first, but it's also extremely mysterious. And that mystery part because of how complicated the storyline is and the overall big picture the world that they've crafted that's that this story is taking place in mm-hmm. is so well thought out but also dense and there's a lot to it there's tons of stuff there's a whole lot of just symbology and meanings uh, the story is awesome the only thing that hurts the story is when it goes into like tropey anime uh character behavior type stuff Okay. Like like dumbed down stuff, stuff that that seems more juvenile, even though the storyline itself is like, sorry, if you're if you're young, you're not going to get the storyline. It is it can be very confusing. You have to be an adult to sort of appreciate this world and the complexity of how they're telling the story. You got to be a bit more uh, mature and right. and and be able to comprehend a nuance storytelling approach it's very nuanced uh and they give you they dedicate so one mode is dedicated to doing the story another mode is dedicated to researching what you've just encountered storyline wise so so that's how dense the storyline is they have an entire section (laughs) where it's called analysis and you're reading notes and you're playing back you can play back scenes that you've that you've uh, encountered, and you can play back the scenes in the actual chronological order that the storyline actually takes place. Because okay. there is, even though there's time travel, there is an actual sequence of of beats and and how the story unfurls. There is one definitive timeline of, of how things sort of progress. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's real good. Real good. Okay. Really enjoyed it. And then you have that that final mode, which is the combat. And the combat is uh, the combat's great. It's sort of like 
real-time, but also turn-based. So everything runs in real-time while your characters are on cooldown. And then okay. when they're off cooldown, uh, everything pauses for you to control that character and do stuff. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, Xenoblade Chronicles, but that doesn't pause, so you're okay. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't pause, yeah. So it's it's real time, and then it pauses to uh, it, you. Then take a turn mm-hmm. at some point. So it's sort of like everything plays as long as there's an action or a wait right. uh, to sort of play out. And then, and even then, you could like just have your character stand around and do nothing, even though it's not on cooldown. They can just wait for something to happen. So gotcha. you can purposely make them wait. They can kind of like hang back rebuild some of their energy and then use that energy uh it's all it's all mech stuff so you're playing with uh sentinels and you're you're able to uh level up your your pilots can level up they gain unique abilities you can boost and enhance your sent your sentinels stats and you can uh purchase different gear different uh weaponry for mm-hmm. your sentinels and further you can also increase the level of that and then there's also this meta set of skills that you can get and improve on. So that whole sort of part of it is really good. It's kind of it's kind of weird because it's it's like an RTS meet uh, a mech based RTS RPG meets Space Invaders. That's kind of what it feels like because you're fighting against a horde of like invading. They call them Dimos. You're you're fighting a horde against them and it the way it per, the way the visuals the way it visually looks so it there's um it's got like an isometric view and there's like a grid a city grid that's laid out right. uh and uh that that has its own things but then like the invaders come and the way they use the graphics for them it kind of looks like space invader graphics yeah or if if i'd say like space invaders extreme if you ever played that game they kind of look like that kind of graphics, and when you blow up enemies and when explosions are happening, when you're launching missiles from your mechs or, or using your machine gun or laser, big giant laser blast or whatever, like there's particles going all, all over the place, fireworks like crazy. Like they went really good on the uh, particle system because there's like explosions, things can get crazy, and there's a lot of mayhem that ensues when, when you're getting into the combat. And at the end of every mission, you, you're given a rank, uh, and that rank is based on how well you do overall by protecting the city, protecting the portal terminal, and also how how little damage your own uh, sentinels, your party members take. So you get ranked on that, and that's very interesting. Uh, there's also like bonus objectives you can do on each of the combat missions, and then there's a scoring system, which is actually important, and you want to get as high of a score as possible. So that whole scoring system, that's, that, that's really what nails like, the Space Invader feel of it because like, you want to get the highest score possible on each level, and you can replay levels to grind more, uh, replay missions to grind out more levels and experience for your characters. Mm-hmm. So really good stuff. And then there's three different difficulties. There's casual, normal, and uh, intense for every single mission. And each of those will have its own rank that you can earn. Can you go so back you and F- replay them? Yeah, and I've yeah. done that. I've, I've uh, gotten, so I've S-ranked all the casuals, S-ranked all, um, almost all of the normals, 
uh, and I've S-ranked a few of the intents, and I'm going to go through. I'm actually, even though I 100% of the game and, and, and got the uh, Platinum, technically I didn't 100% the game because I didn't S-rank everything yet. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm going. That's what I'm going to do because after you beat the game, they give you an entire another set uh, of missions, combat missions unlocked for you to play around with. Oh wow! So it's it's just really cool because they you get to experience things. It's not too hard. You have the multiple difficulty uh, set in there, and then in the combat, it's like really fun. So after you beat the game, you kind of want to continue playing the combat because the combat's really good and. There's a reason why you can still play the combat, which is great. It ties into the story. It, it loops back into itself very nicely. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a very well-executed game that is small in scope uh, design-wise, gameplay design-wise, but grand in story. Very grand. Right. And it does the traditional Vanillaware thing, um where like the story beats and pretty much outside of combat it's just kind of like a like a side profile type of thing right it is but it's there are some really beautiful animated sequences that happen continuously throughout the story really good just uh it it looks like yeah yes it is side perspective um most of the time but uh, so, so it doesn't match some of the dynamic angles that you'll get with watching an anime, mm-hmm. but it, the way the way scenes play out, it plays out like as if you're watching an anime. You, you're making choices in there, so sometimes uh, each of the protagonist's storylines, some of them will have branching paths based on decisions you're making, and then you can, once you finish a path, you or in the middle of a path, you can travel back to an earlier state in that time in that branching path mm-hmm. in case you wanted to go a different route or if you wanted to replay an existing route so you can sort of explore different routes uh for each of the protagonists multiple sort of end of points in their storyline cool yeah. and you and you play this on PS4 right on PS4 yep yep Is there's this... there's no announcement yet for the switch i'm hoping it it comes to the switch so that more people can experience the game yeah because it, it is phenomenal there's nothing about it uh that said you know graphics wise that says it can't be on switch it can absolutely be on switch mm-hmm. easy easy and uh this is vanilla this is also vanillaware's most story intensive game to yeah. date by Lancet. Is it their best it's one? Very, very story intensive. This is one of the most story intensive games I've played in a while, other than Tactics Ogre, which is oh in, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna say, story. I was yeah. gonna say, or do you remember a game that you that yeah. you, and Radiant? Yeah, Radiant Historia was another one. Radiant, but this one, this one's Radiant Historia is another one, but this one I would say definitely ekes out in so many ways, uh, complexity. Uh, number of likable characters mm-hmm. uh radiant historia its middle section feels a bit like uh paint by numbers whereas in this game every every moment of the storyline throughout any any of the characters it just felt really interesting mm-hmm. and it was a sense of mystery there not it's non-stop mystery because most of your questions that you that get raised as you're playing through the game, and there's so many questions that get raised because it is it is kind of confusing and, and complex. 
and you start to piece things together about midway through, but you you don't get the big giant satisfactory connection of how everything interconnects and the actual explanation of things until you get like towards the end. And it's very satisfying when you finally realize like this is what's actually happening. This is why there's time travel, et cetera, type hmm. stuff. How is the uh the music, the audio uh, and audio? Uh music's real good. Yeah. Real good stuff. Uh the title music is just it's awesome. I, I really like it. It's got like a it's got like a thudding dun 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 kind of sound. And it's just consistent and it's always thudding. And then it has like an almost like an X Files style like like mystery tone that's all that goes along with that thudding. It's real cool. I really like it. It just reminds me of like you kind of think like X Files, the TV series, and like um, Twilight Zone, and like Men in Black, and Terminator. A lot of like sci-fi and sci-fi mystery influences are referenced within the game itself too. Oh, are they in the story? A lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So they'll, there's a lot of references to like to like uh, Star Wars, for example, is referenced. Uh, Godzilla is referenced, right? They talk about kaiju and stuff like that. So, huh? Pretty cool. Someday we'll get it on the Switch. Yep. S- someday. Yep. So that's all you've been I, playing. Uh, that's why I've been playing. I finished it, and then now I'm probably gonna jump on to. Uh, I'll probably finish Luigi's Mansion, and I'll probably uh, also start up Civilization Six. Because I got that on Switch. Nerd. It, the game's looking good. I um, My girlfriend's been playing it, and yeah. uh, it looks like it's well implemented. So That's good. looking forward to playing that. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I've been playing. Thanks for asking. Um, yep. <laughs> Tac- I, I let you have that. Yeah, yeah, sure you did. Uh, Wintermore Tactics Club. Um, I don't know if you recall this. Uh, we talked about it a while ago. Um, I remember. Yeah, it 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 is kind of a, a good primer for your strategy RPG or R, like if you wanted to get into um strategy RPGs or tactical RPGs um it is a simplified version of all those things. Um but it is it's got a good story to it. It's got a good kind of, you know, short little sweet mystery in there. Um so I do recommend it if you're if you're not crazy into like the strategy RPGs or Oh, the tactical RPGs. Um, I do recommend this one. Again, it's just like a light version. I would say it's even lighter than Mario plus Rabbids. Um, if you wanted to kind of delineate those those two. Um, but it's cool. It's interesting. It's very it's very small, uh, small scale. Um, been playing that. I have not been playing Hades like I should be. Sorry. Okay, I know you chastised me for for that. But I did start up a new game called Ninth Dawn 3. And I want to tell you a little bit about it, okay? Ninth Dawn 3 is is a hidden gem, okay? What? It's a hidden gem. I'm having really? I'm having a lot of fun with it. I will tell you, right? The the um the audio it, it does not look good. Okay? It it doesn't look good. But what it does is it almost plays like a twin stick shooter. Okay. So that's kind of how you control your character and attack you. It's like twin sticks. 
Um, the the uh, it's an open world RPG, and basically you're you're a pixel pixel art dude. Um, and every time you turn, it almost has that kind of like uh, Paper Mario effect on the character. And when you're moving like diagonal angles, it's all wonky. But it's yeah, a, yeah. It, I'm telling you, the game just freaking works. Um, I'm watching your your playthrough. Yeah, so. and and there's just there's so much you can do. Like I told you, the the map it's an open world. The the map is gigantic. The dungeons are huge. Um, there's so many equipable items that you can find out there. Like like you can have like four rings and like a belt and pants and socks. It's like, and they all do stuff. Like so, it's like very customizable in in that in that way. Uh, you can get party members. You can so you can recruit party members. I just recruited a party member. Um, his name is Nameless. Um, you can catch monsters and they fight along with you. Uh, there's just there's so much you can do. Uh, there's there's a lot of NPCs. You can learn crafting uh, of armor, weaponry, uh, magic items, jewelry. Like there's just so much to do and. And this was a, I think this was a mobile game at first. Uh, at least the first two were. I think this one was as well. And it is just a, there's just so much to do. So much that you can do. The music is, is eh. The sound quality, like the audio, like the sound effects are, eh, they're okay. But it almost plays like Diablo where you just kind of go in and you just start whacking. But it is kind of difficult as well, so... Yeah, I was I was gonna say it definitely looks like Diablo. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I mean you can try and play it like Diablo, but you will you will get wrecked. You will certainly get wrecked. Yeah, uh, I, I saw you train a whole bunch of rooms in the cave, and then you found like a a, a room, and then you just funneled them in, and you just like. Cheated oh. your way through it. <laughs> oh, I am cheesing my way through this the whole like the whole game because I I'm I'm essentially kind of like skipping areas I guess uh, not on purpose but I'm going to like like dungeons that I shouldn't really be going to and I'm like cheesing my way through so I'll get the enemies I'll like I'll like stand on a corner and get like a first few hits um and I'll just outlast the the monsters or I'll go through an entire dungeon just rolling through the whole thing. And then when they're all clumped together, because you can kind of do that and hit them all at once, um, I'll, I'll do that as well. But um, yeah, I haven't run into any major major issues with the game. Um, but yeah, it's it's not easy. It's not an easy game. It might look easy. I don't know, or maybe I make it look easy. But it is. It's kind of complex. But I, I think it's it's one that people should be looking at. Ninth Dawn Three. I definitely so, yeah. so it's a sequel? Yeah, they're the first two were on mobile, I think. Okay. And it's not something I was expecting or wanting. Like the developer asked me if I would cover the game and I said, Yeah, sure. I, I wasn't really covering much at the time. Um I was doing Adam RPG and um Arafel. And I wasn't falling in love with Adam RPG, so I'm like, you know what? I think it's time I kill um Adam RPG for now. And I picked up Ninth Dawn Three, and I was like, "Wow, this is really kind of, kind of fun," you know. And it's got a decent story. Uh, you know, it might be your, you know, as you call it, paint by numbers story, but um, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. Definitely a good time waster. Like, 
I think I was just trying to level up, right? I, I mean, as you know, with Let's Plays, right? So you just kind of, you, you're, you're showing off, you know, as you go on. And I think I left off an episode, right? I'm just going to level up. I just want to make sure that I'm okay for the next dungeon. And I played like a few hours. And, I, and before you know it, I was like way too high of a level uh, because I just kept playing. And I got all this new gear. I'm like, oh no, now I can need to catch everyone up on all this stuff. But um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It is fun. It's always, it's always uh, you get them levels, and you're like, oh, all right, just one more level. Yeah, just one more level. <laughs> next level. It's, so, it's so close. Why not? I don't know what the... And when you do die, you do lose a lot of XP. Uh, so it's, yep. you can't re get, retrace and, and retrace your steps and get those the XP back. So it's not like Dark Souls. You just lose a lot of XP. And can, yeah, that was, that was in the Diablo 1 and Diablo 2. Oh, was the it? experience loss, yeah. I, yeah, I, I've played Diablo 2, I just don't remember that. That's a fun little game. Alright, cool. Let's get into some new game announcements. Um, we don't. We actually only have one. I know that there are more, but we'll just cover this one here. Uh, this game is called Seven Nights. Time Wanderer gets a November release date, so it's coming up really quick. Netmarble announced that its debut console title... Uh, what are they no, no only known for, Netmarble? Is it mostly like... Uh, Mobile games? I think that's probably. Yeah, so they announced their first debut console. It's called Seven Nights Time Wander. Will release November fifth, twenty twenty. The game will be available digitally on the Nintendo Switch through the eShop. Um, a six-minute intro trailer is available on YouTube, and it definitely looks mobile. <laughs> I, will, yeah. I will. I will say that. It's it's good. Good graphics. Like, like put together, it's like well polished. It looks like it's you know there is a decent budget to this. Yeah, I mean Netmarble is a pretty decent, decently known company. I'm just trying to figure out what other games they have because I know I've played some of their games. Yeah, it looks like it's a, a cooldown based combat system. Yeah, where things are happening in real time, and then your characters have. I think three abilities, and then you activate one, and they go on cooldown. Yeah, I, I'm trying to look up games, but their website is not so friendly. But it is it is a Korean based. Oh yeah, so yeah, they definitely have a lot. They have they actually have a Magic, a game Lineage Two, Iron Throne is another one. I do recall playing Lineage Two. So yeah, they're they're mostly known for their mobile titles, and um, yeah, as you said, it looks like a combat. Uh, I mean, um, cooldown based combat system. I just hope it doesn't have a lot of those weird mobile quirks, like you have to use gems and pay gems to to kind of speed up the game. Have that. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's actually based on one of the company's most popular titles. But, yeah, Seven Nights Time Wanderer, November 5th. Cool, let's get into some news. News, news, news. A lot of delays, holy cow. Digimon Survive delayed to 2021. Bandai Namco has confirmed that the release of Digimon Survive has been pushed back to 2021. The publisher shared the following message from producer Kazumasa Hab Habu regarding the delay. Digimon Survive team 
would like to extend our thanks to our fans from around the world their, uh, for their support during development, especially in these difficult times. We had originally planned to launch Digimon Survive in 2020, but the current world events have shifted development. Uh, we have made a difficult decision to push back Digimon Survive's launch to 2021. So yeah, it's um, I, this is just going to be a common thing, um, whether they have announced their game is coming out or they're just not announcing a game at all. We're just we're just seeing this everywhere. So Digimon Survive is one of the one of the latest. We'll have uh, two other ones. We'll let you know of, but kind of stinks. I think I. I want to say I know a lot of people were kind of waiting for this. Well, the, the game is good looking. Yeah, it's a good looking game. It's a tactics based uh, combat system, which has me excited. Uh, I mean, the only thing about it that I don't like and I, I'm liking a lot about it. The only thing I'm not liking is the fact that it has the Digimon license attached to it. What's wrong, uh, what's wrong but, with that? Well, I'm just not a Digimon fan. And mm. Digimon, I'm I might be a little bit too old for Digimon, so that's that's what's wrong with it for me personally. Right. If I were a Digimon fan, this looks awesome. And if I were a tac a younger tactics gameplay style RPG fan, this looks awesome. Yeah. So it is disappointing that it's uh, delayed because it it does look real good. Well, I think it's important to note that it is, uh, it is only being delayed. It's not being canceled. So um, we'll get it at some point. Because it could have easily gone the other way and just not come at all. Yep. All right, cool. Uh, the uh, next to be delayed, and, and this one kind of surprised me, uh, to be honest with you, is... Oh, where'd it go? I'm trying to... Come on. All right. Chris Tales delayed another one. 2021. Uh, Modus Games announced that Chris Tales has been delayed. Uh, previously planned for the launch in November, the game will now release for PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One. Ser oh my gosh, there's way too many consoles now. Uh, Nintendo Switch and Google Stadia. Um, so again, same same thing. This is this is a, uh, a smaller studio. They're based out of Colombia. Um. And yeah, it's just it's what they say that it's Chris Tales is one of the biggest projects they've worked on, and they want to get it right. Now, I res I just played this right. I just played this for uh, the Steam. The Steam had I think was it for PAX or something. They had where a bunch of games had their demos released. This was one of the games, so I thought it was kind of closer. Yeah. To um to coming out, and they did say yeah, it was actually going to come out November seventeenth. And now they've delayed it to early 2021. So. Yeah, so, so a lot of people did play, did have an opportunity to play the demo. I don't know if the demo is still available, but uh, I, I, it, I think I still have it installed because I did play it. I I think I still have it installed, but it was fun. Yeah. I, I like the you look of it. Yeah, good for the developers to you know delay this in order to you know make it better right that's that's why they're delaying it and to me you know delay a game as long as it takes in order for it to be as good as you you the creator uh need or want it to be right well isn't there like a saying that i think it was miyamoto that said a delayed game um is bad forever or something to that effect uh, it's it 
okay. it's kind of along the lines of I'm I'm rehashing I'm paraphrasing like crazy, but what the intent of that Miyamoto quote is that uh, you know a rush game is never good can can be bad, right? But you can delay a rushed game, and if it were to be bad, you could eventually make it good. It's yeah. along those lines. Like you well, risk. Yeah. Right. You can still rush a game, and it could still be good. Right, but the backlash from it, like say for example, uh, No Man's Sky. Right. That was. I don't. I don't think that was necessarily a rushed game, but it was just a kind of a. Well, maybe, that, that, maybe it was rushed. Yeah. Well, that, that's that's what it is. Is you can rush a game, and it could still be good, but it may not be the best that it could be. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it's it, it's sort of like uh, if you delay something, then the, it is possible, even if it's bad now, it's possible that it could leave bad land and go into good territory. Right. So this Check is it. I don't. Lane. I don't. I don't know if it's translated this is just what i put up on google okay yep. a delayed game is eventually good but a rush game is forever bad so that's yeah the part the part about that that i don't agree with is a rush game being forever bad a rush game doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad yeah it it usually if it if something's getting rushed it could very well be bad yep. i mean look at uh majora's mask that was a rush game that game's awesome so, so some might say it's not awesome. Sure. Some but the majority of people have all collectively agreed collect- it is great. Right? We have critics and those critics gave scores and those scores are really high. Mhm. Mhm. Sure. Okay. Um another <laughs> delayed game for the Nintendo Switch Axiom Verge 2 and this came in um in way of uh tweet Dan Edelman <clears throat> uh, gave us a little update on it and he puts on his tweet TLDR we are hoping to release it this year but it will have to be next year so yeah. gotta wait a little more it uh you know that, that's a little bit of a pain for me because I'm a huge fan of the first Axiom Verge and uh I'm definitely lined up this will be a day one purchase for me <laughs> when it when it eventually releases so you know they take their time and it's coming to Switch, so that's why I'll be getting it. And uh, I'll just wait. You know, 2021, perfectly fine to wait. Yeah, I think I'm this in one... no rush to play a bad game. No, no. Especially when you're looking forward to it. Um, I think this one will probably have some ha- be physical as well. I think the first one eventually became physical. Alright, cool. That's it for delays this episode. Next we have... The Outer Worlds news uh, for the Nintendo Switch. They finally patched their game. When did this game come out? Um, it came out a while ago, uh, and they finally patched it. Uh, now, the initial problems, again, when I played it, uh, were a lot of streaming issue- issues, so a lot of pop-in, things of that nature. The world was very barren, bare. So there were some other problems, like some bugs and, and whatnot, but we get a little bit. A little bit of a graphical enhancement with this. We get some some uh, some trees, some shrubbery, if you will. Uh, so it looks a little, little more like its uh, predecessors uh, on, on the console. But they also worked on a lot of the streaming issues. I, I think it's, there's um, 
some release notes. I don't know if it tells you everything, but you could if you play it, you'll you'll know you'll notice it right away. They, they've, they, they've also that. yeah, they've also given uh, screenshots of before and afters. They yeah. they've done some dramatic stuff. Uh, most of it is dealing with more objects being rendered. So they got more foliage, more trees. Uh, the skyline is improved dramatically. They got uh, the buildings themselves. There's some. Uh, there's just more uh, geometry, more objects right. that make up structures and and things like that. So they got denser environments, denser polygonal, you know, environmental stuff. They've done a lot of tweaking to the textures. Uh, there's a lot to this. They've sort of changed some of the SSAO. That's I think that's subsurface. Anti-aliasing. Uh, I I've no, it, no uh, I forgot what that stands for, but they kind of uh, implemented that in half re resolution. Um, they're uh, sorry. Subsurface was um, they replaced their subsurface renderer with sphere reflection capture. So lots of lots, interesting stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff under the hood, uh, basically. Um, and it, it definitely helped it out. I did fire it up a little bit just to kind of see, like, like what did they actually do something? Uh, and but you can actually see graphically. There's definitely some enhancements there. Um, what I really my biggest pet peeve was the streaming of objects. Um, where a building would only come in halfway. Uh, enemies would pop in. Trees would pop in. Rocks would pop in, as you were just moving. And they've they've fixed that, which is really really important um i think it's this a major improvement or no I, I, I that was my biggest problem with the game number one it kind of looked barren um yes i get you're you're supposed to be in a wasteland maybe um but it, it just looked really bare so they've they've helped that out i wish it could be on the le same level as xbox or ps4 i don't know that we'll get that maybe we eventually will but the streaming issues are it's it's like night and day night and day yeah. I, I, I i can actually recommend this game now wow All right. yeah yeah because it, it it was pretty ugly before yeah no i i can actually recommend this game i would still wait on a sale i don't know uh, what was the full price on this full asking i want to say it was like 40 or 50. i, I would say 30 dollars. it would easily I'd easily recommend it. Now I gotta look it up. But it it just it took them a long time. But now that I saw I see all the stuff they did, I can see why it took a while. But and I and I was just kind of being selfish. But I want like because I played it so early, I wanted all that stuff. Oh, I actually yeah. can't see I can't see the price because I'm logged into my account and it's not showing the price. You know, I'm, I'm going to make mention. I'm not going to talk about it right now. I'll talk about it later in like 10 minutes or, or 20 minutes or so. Uh, but I will say that there's something. I, I'm going to speculate on why this is occurring uh, because we have a couple of other similar news items to talk about that are sort of in this category of news. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. after we tackle them all, then I'll go into speculation land as to why this is occurring. 
Okay, I mean, we can, um, we can, if you're talking about some of these updates, we can patches, certainly, yeah. yeah, we can certainly get into those right now. All right, Witcher 3 for the Nintendo Switch has been updated. Um, the update was really kind of, it wasn't grand. Uh, they added a, they added a whole new language. I mean, that is kind of grand, but they also fixed some issues with some, um, file transfers between Steam and GOG. Uh, because The Witcher is one of the few that have file transfers. So, I mean, I think it's still kind of a big deal. I wish a lot of games did that. Um, but, yeah, that was one of... of yeah, the they, they also fixed uh, a bunch of bugs. They don't, yeah. they don't specify which bugs, just as numerous bug fixes. And I think, uh, which is a big deal, because no one likes to come across bugs... Uh, and the most important one that I think, the most relevant one, is overall stability improvements. Mm -hmm. To me, that's probably improvements to frame rate drops and stuff like that. So uh, just more efficiency overall. That's usually what happens when you, when you see uh, stability improvements. Right. And, and what I'm really happy to see is that they're still supporting the game, you know? That's a big thing. The yeah. fact that this game and uh, uh, the previous one, Outer Worlds, the fact and uh, the other game we're going to be talking about, the fact that these games are still getting patches and updates, I think there's a reason for that. Okay, let's talk about that next game. The next game is Fairy Tale version 1.06 has uh, has hit the uh, hit the floor here, uh, and what they've done is they've added. The story so far, um, when starting the game, even if a game has already been started, the story so far can be viewed by selecting galleries or gallery mo or slash movies from Lucy's house. Is this something similar to what Dragon Quest Eleven S does when you haven't played in a while? Kind of reminds you of what the heck you've been doing. I get, yeah, the I yeah, get the feeling that's what that. It sounds like. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, they fix some typographical errors and also some. Uh, Bug fixes. Always, always fixing them bugs. Gotta, gotta fix them. Gotta squish them. Not the spiders. We save the spiders. Okay. And so I think that's all the games that have uh, pat new patches, new and significant patches, right? That we have mm -hmm. on here that we're gonna cover. Okay. All right. So, and there's others. There were there were plenty of other games that are continuing to be supported and and patched and stuff like that. I think the fact that you have some major players like the Outer Worlds, I mean, Witcher 3, it doesn't really get more major than that. They're supposed to be working on Cyberpunk. And they're still working right. on uh, Witcher 3 and improving it and tweaking it. So uh, my little speculation then is that uh, the Switch Pro is very much a thing, and they are continuing to support these games because... When the Switch Pro eventually releases, there's going to be a kind of like a visual improvement, whether it be through frame rate or actual improvements in resolutions and things like that. Uh, that's going to happen with these games, like an auto-magical upgrade of visuals that you're going to get because the Switch Pro, Switch HD 2.0, whatever they call it, uh, the new Switch is going to have bigger bells and whistles. More horsepower. You are out of your ever-loving mind. There I, is I'm... there is no Switch Pro coming. 
This is evidence of it. I this, think this is just a little, a little tiny bit of evidence towards that. I think you're reaching. I'm not reaching. <laughs> why, why would they continue to support these games? I mean, I, I mean, could this be like, um, I don't know, like a pre-trial thing? Like, all right, they get they were, the Outer Worlds or Obsidian now that they're only Microsoft at this point. Uh, no, private division. I'm sorry, that's private division. Never mind. Forget what I just said. But I mean, could this be a way of them learning how to better develop for the Switch? Well, hold on. Outer Worlds is Obsidian. Is it Obsidian? I thought it was uh, Private Division and Private It's Obsidian. Division. I think Private Separate. Division did the Switch port. Oh, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. So how does that work out then? Well, I, I think uh, they want their games, their franchises to look and be as good as possible especially for the fans that have bought into these games. They want fans to be happy because their future games that will eventually make their game their way over to the Switch because the new Switch will be more capable of supporting their future games. I'm I'm look, I'm putting my crazy tinfoil hat on. I think <laughs> Cyberpunk Switch port definitely not this year and uh, uh-uh. at the earliest, you know, you know, one year from now at the earliest, but I think it's possible. I think you're absolutely insane. I would listen. I would love for you to be right. I'm a dreamer. Okay. You <laughs> certainly are. <laughs> you certainly are. All right. So for you physical collecting nerds like myself, cadence of high rule, crypto, the necro dancer, uh, featuring legend of Zelda. Um, the physical version comes out today. I could not find this anywhere. You should get it. It's totally worth it. I think when the game first came out, it was, what, 20 bucks? Right. Give or take. So this so, first... And this has all the DLC, which I think is another 20 bucks collectively. So I and, and you're getting a physical version? That's great. Where Better heck... than digital. Where do I buy this? That's is a good that... question. I mean, oh, okay. So it is available on Amazon. Amazon has it uh, for $40 hairs. All right. And you never you never played Cadence Viral. Oh my god, this is coming out October 30th. Oh, Ugh. it's so good. I know. It's so good. I know, but this is too much right now. <laughs> it's just too much. All right, fine. You got me. I'll put it in my cart. <laughs> you got me, Nintendo. And I haven't even played this game and I'm going to I'm going to get it like a moron. Anyway, uh, so yes, you can, you guys, you guys can get it now, all right? Just like I did, it's out on Amazon. I'm sure Best Buy has it or GameStop if you wanted to wait a few days longer. I can't stand GameStop. Here's my problem with GameStop. Sorry, small, 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 tiny rent. I want to get Age of uh, Calamity, right? So I want to get the new Hyrule Warriors game, Be- and I want to get it through GameStop because they have the like this stupid little keychain, the little guardian, okay? Again, I'm a collector. It's just those stupid little trinkets. They, for whatever reason, they get me. So they got this Guardian that I want. Doing the whole thing. Add it to my cart. About to buy it. Except for when I notice the shipping. The shipping is, uh, if I want to get it on day one, it's only $10 more. Like, like, who does that nowadays? Honestly. 
If I want to wait four oh. days after the release date, I pay no shipping. But if I want it day one, I got to pay $10 more. What the heck is that? Well, I agree. I agree. It's not, you know, competition wise, they're losing to Amazon, right? They're not as competitively, uh, they're not offering as much competitive incentive. Or, or Best Buy or Walmart or sure. Target. However, however, do you really want to give more money to Amazon? Do you really want to give more money to Walmart or Target? Like, I mean, if there ever is, I mean, yeah, GameStop is also pretty big, but their GameStop is peanuts compared to like Amazon. Oh, it's all juggernaut. It's all the same. GameStop should be able to afford to. I mean, they have the games on hand already. Just ship them out earlier. Your money to Reggie. You're oh. giving it to Reggie. Oh, come on! Don't, don't, don't you don't give it to don't. Who runs Amazon? Is it Bezos? Bezos. Don't give it. Don't give your money to Bezos. Oh, that please. guy has too much money. Pennies. I'm giving him. Give it to Reggie. Reggie needs your money. No. Anyway, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. You know, Reggie's a good guy. Yeah, I guess. You're gonna say Bezos is a good guy? No, I don't even know him. I don't know either one of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on from that discussion. Uh, Immortals Phoenix Rising, your favorite uh, title uh, of a game name. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and future Ubisoft games on Switch will support cross-play and cross-progression. What is pro- cross-progression, you might ask? It is a feature. I'm getting a wicked lot of echo. Are you good? Yeah. Is it gone? Maybe. Okay. Oh, yes. So you might ask what cross-progression is. Cross-progression is a feature uh, that allows you to carry your save data from one platform to the next. Uh, Linking your Ubisoft account to any other account will allow progression to be retained for most Ubisoft games. So it's basically cross-save. They call it cross-progression. And you're going to see this with Hyperscape, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Immortals and Riders Republic. And then they're going to have crossplay. Crossplay is a feature that allows you to connect online and play with your friends regardless of what platform is used. Now, I thought this was a single play single player game. Maybe it's not. I'm so confused now. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, that sounds like it's multiplayer. Maybe Oh, no, no, no. Uh, they're also talking about Assassin's Creed. And another game called Riders Republic. So that's probably a blanket statement to cover, because all three of those games, or four, sorry, Hyperscape is another one. Yep. So all four of those games are going to support cross progression, and cross some play. or all of them are going to have to cross play. All right. That that's just not how it's laid out here in this this article on my Nintendo news. Come on, guys. Well, they sectionalize it, right? What is cross-progression? And then they mention Immortals Phoenix Rising on that section. So cross-progression is going to have, uh, is going to be in Immortals Phoenix Rising. So you could probably take your, your game save on PC and Switch. Right, right, and, right, right. And go between the two. And maybe the other consoles as well. Okay. Very nice, Ubisoft. You're not nickeling and diming us here. Um, oh, yeah, they are. No, I mean with just these features. I'm surprised we don't have to pay for these things. 
you are paying for it because you have to buy the game on on PC, then you have to buy the game again on Switch. Yeah, I mean that that's pretty typical. I mean that I'm not surprised about, but I mean they nickel and dime you for everything else. Oh, you don't think that's bad enough? Your a sixty dollar <laughs> game becomes a hundred and twenty dollar game because you want to play it on two different platforms. Yeah, yeah, you want to play it on two different platforms, you got to pay for them. I don't see the big problem there. What's well, the there's problem? a lot of games that are free to play, like Fortnite. Yeah, and have and have cross progression. Okay. I don't know. I right. I, I just don't know. No, it's. I mean, if you want to play Fortnite, just go play Fortnite. But this, I don't know. It's just different. It just is different to me. Okay, you're not convincing me. Proceed to check. <laughs> proceed to check out. Katie Safari rule. It, it would be nice if you know some games. I'm not saying all games. This is possible, but it would be nice to have. You know, you buy the game once, and then if you want to play it on multiple platforms, you don't buy the game again. You get maybe maybe you pay like. Five dollars, ten dollars to unlock it on another platform, right? That, You're basically expanding your your platform uh, capabilities for that game. That just would never work. Like Sony's going to want some of their money, and Microsoft is going to want some of their money. Like Nintendo's going to want their money for you know for you buying that license for their console. It's just it just wouldn't work. Fortnite it works work. on. Fortnite and you know those free to play games work on microtransactions. So there's a yeah, and there's a lot of games that do do that. So it it is possible. Well, I I mean this Immortals game might be one of those games where you pay the premium price and you get microtransactions. So they are essentially doing that same thing. And in fact, they're doing more. Yeah, that is true. So, I don't know. All right. Uh, well, they also did release a story trailer, uh, which I feel like I already know way too much about this game. They're really trying to oversell it, I think. Um, but this new story trailer is is really going through Google Stadia, so they're really trying to promote that aspect of it as well. I don't know. I think I'm still kind of excited to play the game, I think. Or, or maybe... Let me backtrack on that as well. I I was more excited, but now I'm a little less. But I'm still kind of want to play. I still kind of want to play it though. I'm I'm going to cautiously wait for reviews, and as long as it's in like I would say probably somewhere in the 80s and above, I'll play it. Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'm not. I'll buy it. I'm not day one. I'm definitely not day one, but I, I am interested in it. All right, cool. Square Enix Boss. Why do they write it like that? Square Enix Boss. Coronavirus caused time to stand still, and we couldn't develop anything. Yosuke Matsuda, the chief executive of Square Enix, has stated in a recent interview the Financial Times that the coronavirus pandemic has caused time to stand still on production of the company's new titles. The pandemic and subsequent lockdowns have caused consumer video game spending to rise considerably. But it seems the number of key Japanese video game development companies were impacted severely by the restrictions of developing big-budget games from home. It seems fairly obvious from the interview with Matsuda, Mr. Matsuda, that a number of future titles from the development studio will be pushed back. Uh, I think Bravely Default is probably going to be one of those. Um. Well, that will impact us 
uh, before anything else. Uh, so, maybe. Hopefully not. Yeah. I mean, it depends, right? Like, was it a smaller studio that was handling it and they were able to kind of function maybe a little bit better than maybe Square Enix's bigger studios? Maybe that's a possibility. I think I think it's the bigger studios, especially the the Japan side of mm-hmm. ones. Actually, maybe you know what? Maybe the because they do have a lot of uh, Europe-based, European, Western uh, studios that they've acquired. Like I think they acquired Crystal Dynamics. Um, the whoever makes Tomb Raider, that's a Square Enix property, right? So maybe it's a lot of those studios are the ones that could be, uh, you know, impacted severely by this. Right. I can't imagine the smaller ones being impacted to a significant degree, although that's that's just a hypothetical. I'm hoping that that's not the case. I can definitely see Final Fantasy being impacted because it always, always gets impacted. You're talking like the Final Fantasy 16? Or any of the ones that they may be developing. Uh, yeah, sixteen and uh, and Final Fantasy VII remake part two, chapter two, whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Because you know both of those are definitely in development. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, this is really again. This is this is nothing new. I mean, we all know a lot of bigger companies. It's hard for them. And he he says it here. Where does he say? Uh, impacted by the restrictions. Uh, so whatever local government has said for the restrictions, it's just it's just hard to to uh, work with those. All right. Moving on here. Um, let's just go right right to it. Uh, Square Enix says bravely default two. And this is this is what you had on me. You knew this was coming up, didn't you? <laughs> Square Enix says Bravely Default Two news set to be announced soon. Is it though? Is it? This is from a tweet. Yeah, this is from a tweet from their uh, official Japanese account. Information on Bravely Default Two will be released soon, so please check it out. The tweet reads: The Bravely Default Eighth Anniversary Commemoration Artwork, illustrated by. Um, uh, Naoko Ikushima is attached, so it's got this this artwork attached to it, and it basically says says that we'll be getting something soon. This oh. is this is totally like out of their the previous uh, statement from before that they were being impacted. Because look at this artwork. This is such <laughs> such a shoddy sketch. <laughs> it's so like. Uh, we should probably inform our fans that more news is eventually coming, uh, and maybe give them some art. Uh, we don't have any art because we haven't been developing anything because COVID. You, you so there? Like, uh, give me some crayons. You there, man? I don't know name of. Do something. Um. Yeah. Well, I, I hope it's something more than that. I hope it's legitimate, and we will be getting something soon. Maybe it'll be. A partner showcase. Uh, we did get one for October, so maybe we'll get one for November. It seemed like they've been kind of like a monthly iteration. So soon, yeah, maybe maybe in another week or so. I would say, I would guess anyway. All right, 
What else do we have here? Time to stand still. Uh, more collectors, guys. If you if you do want to collect, we got my, uh Final Fantasy seven. What is this? Seven and eight twin pack. This only in Japan, or is this coming to the uh the West here? Uh, that one is for Europe. Oh, it's for EU. So, uh, we can at the very least import it. It's expensive. <laughs> I've done it. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's a double pack, both games, twin pack. Uh, it's the Final Fantasy VIII remastered, so I'm guessing it's the the PC re base, the port of the PC version, mm -hmm. and Final Fantasy VII. Uh, but it's the old Final Fantasy VII, not the remake. Uh, right. So, you know, it's a twin pack of two great games. They're both old, but they are great-ish. So, packed together, I mean, that's pretty good. Eh, great-ish. It does look like it's available here in the States. I'm looking at the Amazon listing right now. Sorry, I went to straight to Amazon, okay? Sue me. Uh, 52 and 69 Oh, 49 Yeah, it's 50 yeah. bucks. I would still rather have Final Fantasy IX over eight, but I see what they're doing there. They went in sequential order. Whatever. They should have done all three. It should have been a triple pack. That would have been nice. Uh, that yeah. definitely would have been nice. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Stardew Valley update will bring split screen co op. You played Stardew Valley, right? Yeah. Would you do split, split screen co op? I would if I was still playing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend and I were playing. We're each playing the game at the same. Well, not at the same time because when we got it, it didn't have the multiplayer stuff. Yeah. But we played a lot of it, and she played a lot of it, and uh, we're kind of we kind of played it. It would have been nice if this was there from the start or mm -hmm. from when we started to play it. Right. But. I mean, I'm not going to go back and play it with this, but if this was in there, my girlfriend and I would be playing at the same time. This would have been an awesome feature. Yeah, I could, I loved it. I could see a lot getting done. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Having help, being on a farm, oh, yeah. it, it could be really, really helpful. Oh, not only that, but going into the cave and doing the, the dungeon delving part and killing the monsters and mm. farming, farming the monsters in there, that'd be very useful. And as you said, taking care of the chores, very useful stuff. This would have been a really cool update um, if, it, if it would have come out sooner. Right, right. But there's, there still isn't a release date for it, but he, uh, the developer has kind of teased it along. But uh, yeah. it, it's been a highly requested one, um, that's for sure. And, and the, yeah, and, and the game without it is still absolutely great. So... This is just more icing on, on that delicious Stardew Valley uh, meat pie. Mmm. You, <laughs> you, paint, you paint such a delicious picture of it. Yeah. All right. More Shin Megami Tensei 3 news. So Shin Megami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD. Got some little bit of details here. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if I'm liking these details, but here we go. Atlas shared... More information about the forthcoming Shin Megami Tensei 3 for the Nintendo Switch system. The highly anticipated remaster launches in Japan very soon, October 29th. The Western release is currently set for spring 2021. The new details shared by Atlas cover things such as the game's DLC and additional side activities. 
So there's there's DLC for a game that is very, very old. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know how you feel about that. So what well, this what is, they're very this small is like remastering, an HD remaster. So they had to go through the game a bit more, right? That this isn't a port. I, I, I get that. I get that. But you're putting, I don't know, and and it's kind of like like little little stupid things that for DLC, okay? So here, the side activity seemed pretty big. Maybe the side activity could be legitimate DLC, but a lot of the other ones are like two to three dollars. So I, I don't know. So they have two different things going on. October 29th, they have a merciful difficulty, which they're adding it. Okay, then you have the maniac. For free, yes, for free. Then they have a Maniacs pack for 980 yen, which is about nine dollars. Uh, by selecting new game Maniacs from the title screen, Dante, the Devil May from the DMC series Devil May Cry, will replace Raidu in every scene. So basically, you're just getting a character swap, okay? And that's what I mean. Like the DLC in this is really like, I don't know. <laughs> then you have Little Master's Mercy for 350 yen, which is about three. $3 enables access to the dedicated map where you can battle and earn as many level level up items uh, such as heavy grimoires and light grimoires. So it's just basically uh, different like dungeon or something um, where you can, where you can get these special items. Uh, then, it's, it looks, it sounds like it's uh it's just a bunch of DLC like, uh, Buy your way to speed up the grind fest. This, right? If they're this, giving you level up items and all you have to do is do a couple of battles to get it, that's what that is. It's it's this is this is not something typically that these guys do though. That's a Ubisoft thing. Well, they're maybe they're turning the corner. Maybe they're adding it in because uh, it's a re it's a game that already released and uh, yeah, you know they're and they want they're charging extra for this. So it's like okay. You want the cheat code options? Here's the cheat code options. You gotta buy it. But you gotta buy it. And, and they're 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 also doing that. Uh, they have another uh, called Master's Expectations, where again it has a dedicated map. You can earn items redeemable at the uh, redeemable for Maka at the shop. So again, it's got a lot of that uh, microtransaction-y, skeezy stuff. Then November fifth, they have another scheduled set of DLC, and this basically just changed the changes the background music in the world map so you have different options and they're all 220 yen which is about two dollars uh so you have uh where are we here so we have vortex world bgm change map pack one two and three and they're all from different games so the first one is from the smt1 the second one's from smt2 and then the third one is from smt4 and then the Fourth one is from SMT4 Apocalypse, so you get some some different background music in the world map. BFD, okay, big freaking deal. Like like <laughs> seriously, you couldn't have you couldn't have added these options in the game. You have to charge people if they want all of these. Maybe you, it, it's about ten dollars. Like I don't I don't get it. Like are people are are okay with this. I don't know. It feels kind of slimy to me. I'm curious about the side activities. 
Yeah, um, I, I, it doesn't look like you'll have to pay for that, though. Right? Yeah, that's that's what it's looking like on, on the article itself. Uh, so yeah. the side activities, I mean, an important one, the most important one that I see is the quick save. <laughs> Good thing you don't have to pay for a quick save. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think um, because the article states uh, it's talking about DLC and it also talks about um, kind of just more details. So this is something, yeah. the quick save is something essentially that the game didn't have before. So, but yeah, if they were charging like 220 yen for quick save, oh, man, jeez. Look, all this stuff, who cares? Like, we don't have to get any of this stuff. No. And it would still be a great game getting an HD remaster. All right. The fact that they're charging for some, a good deal of this extra stuff, we don't need to buy it. Some, a lot of it seems unnecessary, right? Music tracks and cheat codes. That's the stuff that we have to buy. Everything else that they're adding in through DLC looks to be free. And those things seem a bit more significant than this, this silly stuff over here. Uh, so, but but that's kind of my point. Like, it, they're, they're, it's the silly stuff that they could have easily just been incorporated into the game. Honestly. Oh, they have it right here, right? Uh, merciful difficulty is for free, right? And that's the uh, the easier mode, easy mode for the game, and that's that's a free update. That's cool, right? <laughs> they added a that's difficult, code, right? I, and that's a free cheat code, and that's probably the most significant one. Yeah, they're making I, it easy. I guess. Yeah. That, this is all optional stuff. You could just play the game as it's originally intended. You don't have to buy any of this stuff. So, Still don't like it, Johnny. Still don't like it. Atelier Rise of 2, Lost Legends, and the Secret Fairy launches January 6th. 26th. It, sorry, January 26th. Yes, I saw a 6th and I got all excited. I don't know why. Anyway, um, I'm sorry. Atelier Rise of 2, Lost Legends, and the Secret Fairy will be releasing in North America on January 26th, publisher Koei Tecmo has announced the 22nd entry into the long-running Atelier series, Atelier Ryza 2, once again follows the alchemist Ryza as she uncovers the secret of the royal capital. The game will be releasing on Windows, PC, Nintendo Switch, PS4, as well as PS5. No Xbox at all, huh? But you got Windows on there. Cool, we finally got a release date on that. If if you haven't played Atelier Riser, um, I think it's uh, Secret Darkness. I forget what it's called. Uh, play it. It is a good game. It is a very good game. I can imagine this one being equally as good. Now, Atelier Riser, it has a long history, right? What do they say? 22, 22nd entry. There are only a few of them that actually are true sequels. Most of them you can just pick up and play anywhere. And Atelier Riser 2, obviously, seems like a sequel, so... Definitely want to try that first one. I'm ex I'm excited. Uh, I thought the game was a bit further away, but the 26th of January. Yeah, that's not too far. Yeah, I thought it was a, it was farther away. I I almost remember reading something not that long ago that it was it might have was probably going to get delayed, but it looks like uh, it's not. It's great. And I missed out on the first one, and the first one was apparently. Something real good, not you know, definitely worth playing. Yeah. Hopefully, I don't need to get the first one in order to enjoy this one. I Hopefully, I can just jump in, hit the ground yeah. running. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like I said, they, they, 
they have a long running history and there aren't many sequels. This appears to be a sequel, but I don't know how tight they're going to be, you know? All right, Pokemon. What is a Pokemon? We have Pokemon news. We never discuss Pokemon here. Never. This do should it. be a quick. Right, I mean, go ahead. All right. So the Pokemon, finally, the Crown Tundra is available. That's the second DLC for the game. So have at it, all you Pokemon masters and champions. Uh, you got to catch them all, and there's more to catch. Oh, this and is... along with that, they kind of added a little incentive bonus here where, let's see, legendary Pokemon fought in Dynamax Adventures in Crown Tundra have a 100% chance to capture. Oh. So getting them legendaries, super easy. Uh, if you get that DLC, so some tantalizing uh, bait over there to to grab onto. Whoa. I mean, Pokemon Sword and Shield is awesome, a fantastic RPG, and these two DLCs uh, are pretty substantial. Lots of additional stuff. So, you know, for those that enjoy uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield, now you've got even more to uh, go to and enjoy so i think it, i think it's just a nice drop uh in a kind of lull of rpg stuff so this is a nice substantial drop yeah yeah because we weren't really getting much big uh rpg stuff in september and october yeah we're still we're still not <laughs> uh yeah well, very... actually september we got hades so october really yeah it's just that's just one game like we need more all right, cool. Um, bum, bum. Retro Studios? No. I never said that word. I never said Retro Studios. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go in order here. <laughs> so, uh, new Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity trailer. I'm going to tell you right now, I am done watching trailers. I don't well, want to... I... Yeah, there's there's like two or three new trailers. So there's a, a, an extension to the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's like an extended story trailer, and then there's also just another, yet another Hyrule Warriors trailer of just more combat shenanigans happening. Uh, no need to watch them. Uh, there is just, it'll just get you more hyped and excited. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think we've mentioned this before. What I'm really excited about is not necessarily the gameplay because I'm I'm kind of actually that's one of my biggest concerns is the gameplay because of of the. The kind of game it is it's the muso game so i'm kind of worried about that but what i really like is that they seem very story driven here they seem very story heavy a lot of these trailers are really they're they seem to be nailing that point home um of of story so that's what really has me excited about this yeah, is, is that know. that it's it's more story based and if this are, were if this were hyrule rule Hyrule Warriors 2, I would, uh, the, in, in the style of the other, the original, yeah, I would not be excited for this. Not at all. Right. I agree. I agree. I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't care. Um, I mean, not to say I wouldn't care. I, I can't really speak for that, but I'd not, I wouldn't be as excited as I am because of what they have going on here. And these are really short trailers. If you go to, I think it's, uh, it looks like Nintendo UK has one of the trailers on their Twitter account. I'm not sure what the other one has, but it was on their Twitter Wait. accounts. You can find it on the Nintendo YouTube accounts as well. Okay. All right, cool. 
Yeah, I just, I just, they just, it's just too much, too, too, too many teasers, too many trailers. I just want to experience the game as as naturally as possible. Okay. Uh, oh, Retro Studios. I never mentioned them before. Uh, Retro <laughs> Studio. <laughs> Retro Studios is still hiring more people as development of Metroid Prime Four continues, according to the jobs listing on Nintendo's official career site. Retro is looking for three product testers. I better apply for that. And a storyboard artist. All four jobs listings were apparently added very recently, and are all for game development. Um, I'm sorry, are very recently and all are for game development. In fact, the product tester listings were added a week and a half ago and the storyboard artist listing appeared about a week ago. Nice. This is kind of, this is kind of worrying though, isn't it? No. No? It's very exciting. No, no, definitely. But why are we getting, I, I feel like storyboard, storyboarding should have happened a while ago, unless they're doing cinematic stuff, like cinematic ah. stuff after the fact. So you hit you hit my point that I was going to get at. Bam! What? Bam! I said. <laughs> there you go. You nailed it. <laughs> Storyboard artists, yes, they should be involved a bit earlier. All right. So product testers, right? That can be midway through the project. And definitely end game of the project, mm-hmm. right? So that just the fact that they're getting three of them, that to me is good. It means that they are midway or towards getting towards the end game of Metroid Prime development, Metroid Prime Four. Yeah. The storyboard artist to me indicates okay, so that's an earlier thing. That storyboard artist would be like uh, beginning and middle, uh, and not so much the end of development. So my guess with the storyboard artist is Metroid Prime 4, and the fact that Retro Studios has been hiring so much, this is not going to be the end of it. We're going to get a Metroid Prime 5, and potentially a 6. <laughs> I think we're going to get another trilogy. Oh, man. At the very least, I think we're going to get a sequel. You are, like, throwing everything at the wall. Well, yeah, it's you got product testers for end game. You got storyboard artists for beginning game, right? I'm just making a possibility. I don't think it's true. I'm hoping it's true. Right. I'm thinking that the storyboard artist is for Metroid Prime Five. That's what I think. Oh, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, unless they're just working differently, right? Unless they were doing the cinematic stuff after. I don't know. That is also true. Yeah. Oh, don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got. This just seems. It, it is also concerning, though, right? I mean, they can they continue to hire, continue to do like they keep adding stuff. It's nice to see that the product tester is there because that tells me that they're they've got something, you know. Yep. Um, I mean, it could be very bare bones, but they got something to work with. Well, three positions. So not only do they have something to work with, but now they're in the point where they're going to be testing stuff pretty heavily. Uh, and I think 
you know, I see something like that. I think Metroid Prime 4 is coming out holidays next year. That's what I think. Next year, yeah. Uh, unless yeah. they, yeah. I don't see it being like for end of first quarter 2021, like March. I don't see that happening. I think it's too way yeah. too early. That's way too far away. It really is. It is, but you know what? You <laughs> haven't even played the other Metroid Prime games. This guy? That guy. This guy. So this gives you plenty of opportunity to bust out some Metroid Prime trilogy uh, stuff. Nintendo, please, please, please give us Metroid Prime trilogy on Switch. I mean, that could also be some of the playtesting as well. Yeah. The trilogy. Could be. <sighs> I hope it ain't, though. That, that'd be awful. <laughs> I'd be very upset if that were the case. Yeah, because then you, they're not even close. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Uh, we got some Fire Emblem news. And not the Three Houses kind. We have Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light finally localized on the Switch. Again. Again. So this isn't the the what version was it? Um the the it was a Shadow D- Dragon. Right, was that DS? That was on DS, yeah. Yeah, so this is not the DS version. This is straight up Nintendo uh the NES version or the Famicom uh version. So here's what they're doing. They got a digital version coming December 4th um in North America, which you can pre-purchase now, which I've actually done. It's $6. Kind of interested in playing it. Uh so they got a digital version and it's a limited time release. We've got to talk about these limited time release things that they're doing. But it's a limited time release until March 31st of 2021. And then they're also ha- they also have this thir- Fire Emblem 30th Anniversary Edition, uh, which will be available to purchase from selected retailers in North America, priced at $40, $49. So GameStop has it, Best Buy has it, I have not seen it on Amazon yet, but those two other places do indeed have it. I do have one already pre-ordered um, at Best Buy, so I'm kind of excited to, to get this. And what you'll get is a digital code for Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the Blade of Light on the Nintendo Switch, a replica NES game box with an instruction booklet and game map, a replica game pack art with game sleeve, so it's got that old um, cartridge sleeve for the Nintendo uh, with Nintendo on it, uh, hardcover art book, and a mini Nintendo Nintendo Power collectible with some game with a game art on it. So really cool, really cool. Thirtieth uh, thirtieth yep. anniversary. Nintendo's putting this out there. I I I think this may open up the door a little bit for some other Japanese games that have, were only originally released in in Japan. And, you know, maybe this opens up the door for them to come here. We did discuss this a little bit beforehand, right? Yeah. What, what do you think it opens up the door for? I mean, a lot of people have said Mother 3. That's kind of like what everyone really would like to see here. Mother 3 was yeah. never brought here. Yeah, that that's the big one. And they could celebrate it in a big way, kind of like this, where they get uh, bring it out on a... Uh... Was Mother 3 on Super Nintendo? On the Famicom? What was that originally released on? I know it was on Game Boy Advance. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be NES. They, I mean, they could really... I think something from NES or Super Nintendo would work 
would work just fine. Right, but Mother 3 itself, when it released in Japan, I'm trying to remember if that was a Game Boy Advance or something else. Um, let me see here. It is Game Boy Advance. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, that's what I thought. So they would have to... I mean, the cartridges for Game Boy Advance are pretty small, so you can't really do this this nice NES cartridge with the sleeve thing. Because yeah. um, it, it would just be small and you'd probably lose it uh, kind of thing. <laughs> but doing a major art book, I don't know. Um, Mother 3 isn't exactly like the art is not super inspiring. I mean, maybe they have really good uh, concept art right. for the game. Mm -hmm. Maybe. I just don't know if they're going to do a what they would do for a celebratory uh, special edition, but to just bring it over like they're doing with the digital, uh, yeah. this digital game being made available. Uh, I could definitely see them doing that for, for the Switch. Definitely. Right. Now, any other games out there? Yeah, there's, there's so many other ones. I mean, for me, F-Zero Climax... And the F-Zero uh, X uh, expansion, game expansion or whatever it was for the 64 disk drive that never released in the United States. Uh, that would be absolutely fantastic. And then the other one that I mentioned was the, what was it called? Like BS Zelda no Densetsu or something like that. Yeah. Like, that satellite view Zelda series, episodic yeah, the, series. The Satellaview. I, I don't, I don't, I don't even know, I didn't even know that existed until looking up information on J Japanese released titles. Um, I didn't even know that was a thing until you had men mentioned it. No, where, where is it? What is it really, like, what is it called? Yeah, so, so those, those are the ones that, like, immediately come to mind as, please, Nintendo, bring, bring these games over. And obviously, you know, Mother 3, I would definitely look forward to it. Yeah, so, so tell a few games. So if, guys, do yourself a favor, look up these Legend of Zelda um, satellite broadcasts or Satellaview uh, games. Like, these things are bonkers. I didn't even know they existed, and I'm a huge Zelda fan. I didn't even know this was a thing. Not even a clue. So would this would this be something like akin to not the Lost Worlds of Super Mario, but yeah, well, I mean, I guess you could call it like that. Lost Worlds are really just more difficult levels, but I don't know something similar to that. Uh, I would also appreciate. Um, let's see. I'm surprised you didn't mention Tales of Tales of Graces. Well, Tales of Grace is already played on uh, PlayStation. Oh, so. so you don't want it, is what you're saying. I have it. It's like in my cabinet right over there. Yeah, I don't care. It's not in my cabinet. I was hoping for that game for, uh, I think it came out on Wii first. I was hoping for it. It never did. And then they announced the Tales of Graces F on PS3 that was finally being brought over here. And I was, I was, I actually joined in on that, that uh, fan campaign to localize the game because they oh. weren't going to localize that game it was quite the effort to convince them to bring it over i'm oh. glad they did yeah because that is one of my favorite tales games right yeah so you know, and there are there are other fire emblem games 
the what was it the holy genealogy of the holy war or something like that the fourth fire emblem game okay that one definitely needs to be brought it here because that one's kind of like the holy grail of of fire. fire emblem games one of the best rated ones hmm. so that's another one okay I'm, I'm looking here xenosaga one and two looks like it would be a decent one to get over here now yep. yeah 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 let's get that one here was that one you know what? the original uh famicom wars which is basically uh the prequel the the game that started the advanced wars franchise okay uh the first one was called famicom wars uh came out for the i think the super nintendo so that would be great because i love the advanced Wars. yeah so that's one yeah. of my favorite handheld series out there yeah i know a lot of people like those that that advanced wars um, well, going back to Xen- uh, Xenosaga 1 and 2, I know it was released on PlayStation 2, um, but it was just a little bit different. They expanded it a lot on the PS2, but whatever. Anyways, get Xenosaga 1 and 2, um, the original DS version. There is one other one. There is no other ones. There is one other one, but it did release in... Um... In Europe, I believe. Oh wait, PAL. PAL is what Pacific. Yeah, that's U- Europe, UK. Is PAL UK? Yeah. Well, it does. So I. So it's not United States. So and I've I've mentioned this game before. So if this game qualifies, I don't. Does it qualify? I don't know. What game are you talking about? I'm talking about uh, Terra Enigma. Oh, you had mentioned Terra Enigma once before. Yeah, it is. It is a really cool game. No, that I... is. It's an action combat system. It's it's kind of like uh, Secret of Mana. Right. Really good. Really good. It's like Secret of Mana and Zelda kind of have like have have a baby. Boom. There's a. <laughs> there's Terra Enigma. I thought Terra Enigma was. There's something weird, like it was released here, or maybe I'm thinking you're, yeah, maybe it was Europe, where it was translated in English, but it just never came here. I thought it did come here, though. I don't think it did. So if that one qualifies, then that's definitely a game I would love to see brought over. Okay, yeah, I'd I'd have to do a little more research on that. Um, But uh, the game has never officially been released in North America. Okay. Um, it was published by Enix in Japan before Nintendo localized the game and released English, German, French, Spanish versions in Europe and Australia. And never officially been released in North America. Okay. Yeah, it was a, it was a PAL version. And yeah, it's it's basically like a Secret of Mana type, type of game. Cool, cool, cool. All right. That is going to do it for the news. We do have some rumors that Johnny just loves, loves talking about. They're exciting. All right. Go ahead. Hit me with some of these things. All right. So the first one is the Kingdom Hearts director teases another Nintendo Switch game after Melody of Memory, which is coming out real soon. Uh, It might be out already. I can't remember what the release date is, but it's pretty soon. So, uh, what was it? There was like this little interview that was done, and the question was, uh, 
it's rare that Nomura's Kingdom Hearts titles has debuted in Nintendo Dream Magazine. And then Nomura responds with, I think we can meet again here sometime soon, too. So who knows what that might be? Yeah. I just hope it's not like I want to actually play the Kingdom Hearts games. Okay, I just don't want to play them on my PlayStation 2, uh, or 3, or 4. Yeah, they brought major Kingdom Hearts games to handheld, Nintendo handheld devices. So mm-hmm. there was a few of them, right? Like 33 and a third, or whatever it's called. Well, <laughs> 133 right. over two days, or something. I just don't get it. Right, but I, what I was going to say is, like, I want to play Kingdom Hearts 3. Um, I don't know which version to play, because they got the 3, the 3 point something, the 3 point this. I, like, I don't understand any of that stuff. I just want to straight, give me the Kingdom Hearts game I should play on the Switch. Whatever that is. Uh, I don't want this this melody stuff. I want, a, like, a legit, a legit game. Like, give, give me your, the best you have. Whatever you can, just give me the best you have. Yeah. Well, you know what? It could be. It could be like a a col- maybe maybe not certainly not a trilogy, but it could be like Kingdom Hearts one as a standalone. Kingdom Hearts two ported over, or it could be like Kingdom Hearts one two. Didn't they do a uh, like a Kingdom Hearts? Uh, what was it? it? Was one two and like one or two other Kingdom Hearts games all in one package? So it kind of gave you like the the biggest sort of uh, chunk of Kingdom Hearts lore and story. Yep. There was something like that that released on PlayStation, maybe Xbox, at some point a few years ago. Yeah, I gotta I gotta look so, that up. I'm not sure. But... That over. I mean that that'd be nice. Just just give me something. Give yeah, me something. Something more than meant the melodies of rhythm game yeah i don't want a rhythm game like i don't i'm sure people like it i'm i'm you do you do want a rhythm game i do yes it's called cadence Uh, hyrule (laughs) i've already pre-ordered it my friend it's already been (laughs) pre-ordered already another rumor oh what more rumors all right so this is with Phil Spencer, the uh, the head honcho of Xbox. That's the Xbox, yeah. So there was there was another interview thing going on, and uh, I think it was with Kotaku. Uh, they published a interview, and there was something interesting about that. Uh, where let's see, I have a little quotey thing here, where it says. Uh, where does that leave the prospect of more Xbox games coming to non-Xbox consoles? And that was the the question posed by Kotaku. And Phil Spencer chimed in with, uh, it doesn't feel sustainable to consider Xbox games on a case-by-case basis for Switch. So they don't want to... They don't want to constantly think, like, does this game fit on Switch? Does that game fit on Switch? Okay. Uh, and then he he further elaborates that in order to really support it, I would want a full Xbox ecosystem somewhere. And that probably means things like Live and Game Pass and stuff. Right. Or don't they have, um, is it xCloud on mobile? Or something, something similar to that. 
or whatever that is. Like, why couldn't that be the app? All right, so you pull up your Switch, you click on xCloud, and all of a sudden you got Xbox games or whatever. Or Game part Pass. Of the, part of the ecosystem. Right, or Game Pass. Like, these, these games... Right. He said live and Game Pass and stuff. Yeah, so say for example Game Pass, but only so so many of them are certain games are compatible with the Switch. Yeah. So what I see from this is yes, a few games have been going to Nintendo. Uh, a few franchises have been making their way over to the Nintendo Switch, but Phil Spencer. You know, he doesn't want to continue to sort of do one game here, one game there, another game there. And instead, what I think is in the plans and based on rumors that we've been hearing for like over a year now, is there is a strong chance that some form of Xbox Live or Game Pass is going to be coming to the Switch. That'd be nice. Or, or Cloud. Yeah, that'd be nice. I remember rumors of something like this almost a couple of years ago. Um, I'd have to dig dig back into the archives, but I remember this these rumors of Xbox Live potentially coming over to the Switch as well. Not as not as well as Game Pass because that's a relatively new concept when compared to Xbox Live. But um, yeah, it would it would be nice. I I. I mean, I myself am into the Xbox ecosystem. I'm not into the PlayStation ecosystem, so it would benefit benefit me. So, yeah, time time will certainly tell. All right, you ready for this? Nope, I am not. There's there's nothing that could prepare me for this. This one's a little bit of a bummer. So this is uh, an article from uh, GameIndustry.biz. So. Yep. The acclaimed development studio Level 5, who, have, who are behind such titles as Nino Kuni and Yokai Watch, uh, both of which went to the Switch, mm -hmm. uh, seems to be facing more issues. The company now appears to have halted its North American operations with one source telling Games Industry that there are currently no concrete plans for any more level 5 games to be released outside of Japan. The site reports that Level 5 International America and its spin-off office, Level 5 Abbey, began closing things down in the middle of last year. The source says that employees were, quote, given every indication, end quote, that the studio is closing. Games Industry contacted Level 5 International America and Abby and received no response. Yikes. So, a little bit of sad news right there. That is kind of sad because, you know, they got they got a great thing going with Nino Kuni. Um, and Yokai Watch, uh, I'm not, I know very, very little about Yokai Watch. Right, but the, that game was looking, looks real good on Switch. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I watch five, right or four. I I don't know what iteration it is, but yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a kind of a bummer. I hope I hope this doesn't become a big a big thing. Maybe something will take over these uh, IPs. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who I've never played them, but a lot of people love the Nino Kuni Kuni series. 
Um, I, I just hope it's not. Maybe, hmm, maybe they just well, don't. Well, going to be theirs. Right. That's their franchise. It is. It is. It is. Um, what I'm saying is they could sell it to a different company, but I mean, do they do they need a development studio dedicated for America there? Um, could they just consolidate what they have and still localize it for, for the West? It doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's, uh, we're never going to see these games ever again. Right. Well, that, that's my fear. My fear is that they, they don't bring any more game. I mean, that's what it sounds like in the article too, that they're not going to bring any more games over to America Yeah. or, or the Western Right. Yeah, that, yeah, that's definitely what it sounds like. But again, I'm just kind of playing, being hopeful in the fact that you know maybe they could do something. I think what is it, Marvelous and Exceed? They kind of do the same thing. Whereas you don't need, um, you don't need a whole studio dedicated to to that. Do you know what I mean? They could, yeah, they could subcontract it. Right. Yeah. So, so it doesn't necessarily. We'll never see it. I hope that's the case. But yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely not what the uh, the article states, right? Yeah. To to give an idea for what this company sits on, uh, IP wise, they got Dark Cloud, Dark Chronicle, Dragon Quest Eight for whatever reason. <laughs> they worked on Dragon Quest Eight. That's weird. Uh, Rogue Galaxy, Joan to Arc. Uh, let's see, Professor Layton series, White Knight Chronicles. Uh, I've never heard of this game. I don't even know how to pronounce it. That's weird. I'm going to skip that one. I'm going to... They did some other games that we've never really heard of. Another... They they worked on Dragon Quest Nine. Hmm. Uh, apparently this is a franchise. I'm going to... I'm going to say now. Paul Sloan and Des Pale's Intriguing Tales. What? One and two. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is, but... Uh... The soccer game, uh, Inazuma Eleven. Yep. Uh, more latent stuff. White Knight Chronicles Two. The Nina Kuni stuff. What okay. other franchises? Uh, Snack World is another one of their more recent recent ones. Yep. Um, uh, Girls RPG Cinderella Life. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. Some other weird stuff. Time Travelers. Um, Fantasy Life. Yep. Uh, well. Fantasy Life, it was just, um, that was mobile, right? I think it was. Uh, 3DS, Nintendo 3DS, uh, sorry. Yeah, Nintendo 3DS. Okay, yep, 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 yep. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, Yokai Watch. So the, uh, there's a lot of Yokai stuff that they did. Um, let's see, any other standouts franchise-wise? There was a fantasy uh, life, fantasy life online, which is mobile only. That's what I got yeah. confused. And then they also did uh, true fantasy live. So, uh, they they got quite some stuff. I mean, some of their old stuff too, like the the Dark Cloud, Dark Chronicle, the yeah. Jundar, Um Those are all exciting stuff. Professor Layton is good stuff. Uh, Nino Cooney is a more recent thing that's uh, well appreciated. So. It's a bit sad because this was uh, a talented studio that has been wow. Their first game was in 2000, so they've been they've been kicking for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just 
kind of stinks. And I'm just wondering if the whole, you know, the current world issues is is what's caused that as well. Yep. I wouldn't doubt it. All right. Well, that's that is stinky poo news. Stinky poo news. Well, it's rumor, so who knows? It's what? Not... That was rumor land. Oh, that's not rumor though. That's like for sure happening, isn't it? it it's though. Maybe. I mean, now that's a pretty strong rumor. So. Yeah. All right. Well, we do have some only not actually some upcoming RPGs. Not not too many. But yeah, that's going to do for the news. So today is the October 23rd. We have uh, Oceanhorn 2 coming out on the 28th. Um, this was on Apple Arcade for quite a while. I think they had kind of an exclusive vid- exclusivity. And it, it doesn't look bad. It, it's, a, it's very uh, more, it's a lot more refined than the previous one. Uh, it looks uh, it looks very different. It's an action RPG. Looks uh, a little uh, a Zelda esque, you could say. And uh, we will be covering this on our website. We do have someone who is currently playing this uh, for review, Rich, uh, switchrpg.com. And it, what, go ahead. It definitely looks good. Yeah, it's it. If you if you compare it to the first one, it's it it's like night and day it looks like they they've refined or you know honed their skills in or you know got more more people involved it looks it looks pretty good yeah i'm i'm hoping it it does real well and gets some attention if it scores well i'm definitely on board with this because yeah. I, I like how it looks the the only thing that scares me right is the price it, it right now it's i think 30 30 dollars it's a lot Wait, you think that's too high or too low? I think it's too high. Too high? Too high. Really? <gasps> yes. I don't think so. I look at those graphics. I look at what looks to be yeah. polished presentation. Uh, and when I was looking at the trailer stuff, like everything looked like it ran real well. If you ask me, I think it, they're charging too little. I think they should charge yeah. 40 for it. You know what? I don't know about forty, but you you've talked me into thirty. You're you're probably right. You're probably right. Uh, let me just read a quick description. Uh, Grand Adventure Ocean Horde Two: Knights of the Lost Realm, set a thousand years before the events of the first chapter, takes you on a magical journey across the vast world of Gaia, brimming with mythology and lore. A young knight faces an impossible challenge as warlock Mesmeroth has returned for 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 with a formidable dark army. Will our hero be able to unite the, the Auris, Gilfolk, and men in the fight for the fate of the world? So yeah, it, it's um, it's a, it's got a lot of puzzles in it, from what I've been told uh, by Rich, um, and it's very much an action RPG, puzzle heavy, uh, like you would think a uh, Zelda clone. I don't want to call it a Zelda clone. I hate, I hate doing that, but a Zelda inspired game. Heavily inspired, yeah. Heavily I mean, inspired. I mean, you gotta call it for what it for what it's calling itself. So. Right. But yeah, you you've talked me into thirty. I'm not going forty. I just, I'm just it, not gonna yeah, do it. The only thing that raises questions on my side with this game is the fact that it came out on mobile first. That's the only thing that 
I'm yeah, hesitant. It was Apple Arcade. Uh, the, yeah, there was an exclusivity thing there. I'm not exactly sure how that worked out, but yeah. All right, and um, I'm not going to go over the next one <laughs> unless unless you would like to. Uh, the uh, no, no, yeah. we right. we should probably talk about because uh, it just released yesterday. Uh, Torchlight Three. Bingo. Yeah, I. I did want to. I reminded myself to talk about that, and I'm glad you uh, reminded me. But go ahead. What what do you got to say about it? Well, I was gonna say buyer beware. On the- yeah. Well, apparently it, it was it had some issues on PC, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if it has P, uh, PC issues, it's gonna have issues at elsewhere in a big way. Okay. Well, it it's looks getting, like it's getting like mediocre review scores. Yep. So it released on the twenty second. Um, MSRP of forty dollars. Uh, we are also reviewing this game at SwitchRPG.com. Evan is taking care of that for us. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It looks. It looks fine. It looks okay. Obviously, I don't know how it runs just by looking at the screenshots. But I'd have to see what else it had for issues and bugs. But again, that that can be p- patched out, right? Didn't we say that? Comes comes full circle. Yeah. Patch patch that stuff out. They could. Hopefully, yeah. they do. Yeah, we'll see. But that's gonna do it for today's episode of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. And remember, you can send in any questions, comments, concerns at podcast at switchrpg.com. You can listen to the show each and every week at switchrpg.com or you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. If you listen on that, please give us a rating and review. Please. Or what you're waiting for. Pause this video. Give us a rating. A five star would be appreciated, but please do so. So your support would be amazing. And finally, remember, you can head over to switchrpg.com for all your RPG needs on the Nintendo Switch. Until next time, see you around.